to Robert Ross, 30th of October to the 16th of November, 1897, from Afterburnival. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Villa Giudice, Posilippo, Saturday, October 30th, 1897. My dear Robbie, I hear from Smithers that you are in Durham, and that from that point of vantage you have expressed your disapproval of my proposal to publish in an English newspaper of any kind. I quite see that it would spoil the book, and, as you know, always intended to publish directly with the good Smithers, but he wrote several times to me to say he did not a bit mind the thing appearing elsewhere, and the desire of money and of a wide audience made me reconsider my decision but now I feel it may be better to leave it entirely with Smithers. Reggie suggests syndicating the poem. This, of course, Pinker should have done. I now rely on Miss Marbley, with whom the poem will be quite safe. Will you kindly tell Smithers that I have written to Lewis Waller to ask him to send Smithers a copy of The Ideal Husband? Ever yours, Oscar. Villa Giudice, Posilippo Monday, November 15th, 1897. My dear Robbie, the nine pounds which you so kindly announce is a miracle of a very wonderful kind. I am telegraphing to you for it. It is really most sweet and generous of you to have set it aside for me. I see that the difficulties about America are terrible. It is a sort of dreadful shock to me to find that there is such a barrier between me and the public— I must reconsider my position, as I cannot go on living here as I am doing, though I know there is no such thing as changing one's life. One merely wanders round and round within the circle of one's own personality. I am very pleased at what you say of the poem now. The reason I altered Red Hell into Hidden Hell was that it seemed violent, but I now wish to go back to it, Will you alter it in the copy for me? On page 8, line 4, I have written Arid Vigil, but I do not like it because the vigil was rich in psychological experiences. I see nothing now but ceaseless or endless, the latter for choice. Today the musician is to make me an offer. Unless it is a good one, I shall not take it but I have almost given up hope about America, and must make money somehow. Of course, the musician must wait for simultaneous publication, if there is to be one. I am still a little loath to lose the opening of Canto Three, but I suppose it must go. I hear from Reggie of your wit combats with C. Blank. Please let me know about him. I love details about asses. More has appealed to me, in the name of beauty and art, to surrender my three pounds a week, but I don't think I dare to. What should I live on? Besides, I understood that it was a regular agreement, not a favour. That was the point on which you and More insisted to me always. I need not tell you that Blank could not give me three shillings a week. He has not enough for his own wants so I don't think I should play Quixote. To tilt with death is worse than to tilt with windmills. Ever yours, Oscar. 
Villa Giudice, Posilippo, Naples, Tuesday, November 16th, 1897. My dear Robbie, I received this afternoon a letter from H. Blank, to say he was going to decide that I was to be deprived of my absurd income. I don't suppose that anything will prevent him from doing this, but I felt it due to myself to write to him a letter of protest, nor do I think that it is fair to say that I have created a public scandal. My existence is a scandal, but I do not think that I should be charged with creating a scandal by continuing to live, though I am conscious that I do so. This is the point I have made to H. Blank. I merely tell it to you not that you should worry about a prejudged matter, but because I tell you everything. You tried your best to create a possible life for me, but it was one my own temperament could not suffer. You know what beautiful, wise, sensible schemes of life people bring to one. There is nothing to be said against them except that they are not for one's self. But don't think I am complaining. I wish merely to tell you what has occurred. I suppose you knew it already. I myself felt it was coming. You have not written to me for ages, except about the worrying business of my unsaleable poem. You had, I know, great worry about it. I had no idea there were such barriers between me and publication in America. I thought it would romp in and secure me a good lump sum. It is curious how vanity helps the successful man and wrecks the failure. In old days, half of my strength was my vanity. Please let me know what books are being published and what is going on. I sometimes see English papers, but not often. They are so dear. I read all about Carton's play, an absurd production. I wish you could come out here for a little. I suppose it is impossible, but, of course, we are terribly isolated. I dare say Paris would have been better, but blank, said he could not winter there. I have written to Ernest Leverson for some of my money. I don't know if anything will come of it. Of course, do not say anything to him about it. George Ives has sent me his poems. Of course, without an inscription. His caution is amusing. He means well, which is the worst of it. Give my love to Reggie. Ever yours, dear Robbie, Oscar. End of section.